0: Hallelujah! Well, welcome to those who are watching or listening online. It's so good to have you joining us. And uh, we pray the messages will bless you. And if they do in any way, please do write and let us know. We would love to hear from you. Church, can we give a big welcome to those who are watching and listening online? Hallelujah. Well, it's great to be home after our uh, trip to Israel. A lot of people have asked I said for pretty much everyone we meet, how was it? How was Israel? And if I was to sum it up in one word, I would say amazing amazing. It was, in fact, I'm still digesting the whole experience. It was an, an incredible uh, time. and I mean, we knew we'd arrived in Israel when we got to the, uh, 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 to the airport and I ordered my first coffee. They were like, go and get, change some money and order a coffee. We've got 300 other people coming out. And I knew I was in Israel because when I order a coffee here, when they yell it out, they, they, they go, Adam, Adam, your latte is here. But I knew I was in Israel when I ordered my first coffee and they said, Adam, Adam, here's your latte, latte. I said, that's how I want to receive my lattes. Come on. Uh, So I don't know, eh over there Adam it's Adam that's how I want you to address me from now on come on somebody but but, but it was a, a, an incredible time I mean uh, Anita and I were baptized in the river Jordan and we prayed for you at the wailing wall I just want you I want you to know and uh, in fact we I think there's a photo uh, photo there so that, that that that's me praying now that one's actually a little bit staged I'm just telling you right now I've got my american mate just take a photo of me doing the Doing the, doing the deal there. But but the reality is we, we did have, it was a very moving time going there and playing uh, in that place. And uh, again, for, prayed for, for the church, for lots of things. Prayed for Tanisha uh, Parada, who, by the way, uh, got a, got a, a pretty much an all clear this week from there. You've been praying, you've been believing God. It's not out of the woods yet, but pretty much they've done all the tests. She's still got some chemo and stuff to go through. But uh, uh, again, what a load lifted up. Off of mum and dad uh, when you hear that kind of news and so uh, you know it's a hundred percent yet, but they're just uh, they're just working out but pretty much some of the tests came back and it was all clear on pretty much most of them so I oh don't know one more Let, let's thank God for that because that's that's pretty that's pretty good news but the truth is we couldn't have done all that we did in the last 10 days if it wasn't for the incredible team of people here who make services happen while we're awake can we thank all the volunteers and team leaders come on I'm in a happy, clappy mood today. I want to just tell you, I'm I'm just so excited uh, to be back home. We just love and appreciate you guys. Today, I want to begin a three-part series called Blessed blessed which leads up and concludes with our annual sacrificial offering that we are doing on July 14th and I just want to say if you are here for the first time and you're just checking out church and you're hearing the first things you hear is talking about offering I just want to I just want to say relax everybody say relax tap your neighbor on the other side and say relax relax Relax. Again, we don't talk about money a lot. We don't talk about it. We don't hand around bags in this church except on the one time a year where we do a sacrificial offering which is coming up in three weeks. But we do once a year pause and take a few weeks and just speak into the whole area of that which we are doing as a church. And so this is that time of year where we're... Those who call Connect Church home take from what God has blessed them with and then sow into what God is doing through us corporately as a body. And as I say uh, every year, we have the good news is we have everything we need to accomplish what God wants us to do. Can I hear a good amen? amen. The bad news is it's still in our pockets. Can I hear a good amen? So it sounds like some of you are like, I'm not laughing at that. But but that but that's the reality, and so this is a, a part of that process of stirring our hearts and getting an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing. And uh, when, when I talk about being blessed, I'm not talking about uh, you know blessed so we can just have whatever we want. We we understand from a scriptural point of view that we're blessed to be a blessing. It's not just a whole, it's so we can pass it on. We're blessed to be a blessing. And I want to tell you, I feel blessed. Oh Lord, I feel blessed. I'm just telling you, I I feel, I feel blessed. I mean, I just come back from a free trip to Israel. Somebody else paid for uh, uh, that whole uh, uh, trip, and uh, again, it's a it's a real blessing. But again, it didn't happen by magic. It didn't happen by magic. Somebody else sowed, so we can go. So somebody else did uh, did that. It was able to happen because someone understood that they were blessed to be a blessing. They were blessed to be, able, and someone gave generously. Someone, somewhere in another country, far, far away, gave money so people like Anita and I could go. And I just want to say, we weren't the only ones there who had had everything paid for. In fact, I would say probably a lot of the people on the bus we were on had had everything paid for because somebody understood that they were blessed to be a blessing. And they sowed into that ministry in Israel to make, like I say, not just our trip possible, but many people's trip possible. And without, but here's the thing, without someone sowing, we wouldn't be going. It just wouldn't be able to happen. So as we begin this series, I want to take a few moments to speak around the principle of sowing because it's important to grasp. Because only as people faithfully sow... Of their time, treasure, and talent, are we as a church able to fulfill what God would have us do? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, you know it, it says, A man reaps what he sows. In other words, what you sow, you will reap. Understand, it's an irrevocable principle. The, the, the principle, the biblical principle, the, 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 the just life principle of seed time and harvest. Genesis 8, verse 22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they shall not cease. It's like the law of gravity. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's just how it is. It's just how the world works. It's the way God has designed it. And it's not just true in the financial area, it's true in every area of life. In life, you will reap what you sow. You will sow you will you will reap what you sow and what you sow you will reap. It's just how it is. And as Anita and I traveled the length and breadth of the holy land, as we travel the length and breadth of the ancient land of Israel, the place that God said flows with milk and honey. And I just want to say honestly it does. Standing on top of a mountain in the Golan Heights, which of course are are places that you only hear about on Fox News and CNN. But standing on the top of a mountain in the Golan Heights, looking across into war-torn Syria, our guide, a Jewish encyclopedia of a man, uh, he, he he, he was incredible. He was incredible. In fact, we, we, we were joking on the bus that we were on that he's, he's, he's like a professor trapped in a tour guide's body. That's what, that's what he was like. He was just a, 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 this well of wisdom. And he said to all of us, as we looked out across the, uh, across the plain there, he said to us, you want to know? It's like you want to know where the border between Israel and Syria is? He says, Look. Where it is green, Israel. Where it is desert, Syria. How do you like the accent? Not too bad, is it? all right? <laughs> desert. And as we looked, a clear line could be seen. Green on one side and desert on the other. In Israel, we looked across orchards full of fruit, uh, 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 across fields ripe for, for harvest. But Syria was barren, it was, it was dry, nothing growing, nothing living. And, and, and those scenes continued on that day as we traveled, di- driving down through the mountains on the way to the Sea of Galilee, which is pretty cool. I tried walking on water, it didn't work. I'm just telling you how it is. But driving down to the Sea, sea of Galilee, again, on one side of the road, green and fertile Israel. On the other side, separated by a, a fence. That's how close you you would get to the to the borders. And just Israel, this side, Lebanon, this side. Just on this side of the road, there's the fence there. That's Lebanon. Israel, green, Lebanon, dry, desert. Repeat it again between Israel, green, and Jordan, dry. You know, even as we traveled, even the... The valley of Armageddon, Armageddon. And I've had difficulty spelling it, but it's not the end of the world. Okay, some of the other people, young people are like, what? Oh, I don't get it. It's a many more years study. But even Armageddon was full of lush orchards and fields, and it was green. So we stood on Mount Carmel where Elijah called down fire on the prophets about looking across the valley of Armageddon. Lush and fruitful place. And so such scenes were repeated over and over again. Four things I observed that I wanted to share with you today that will help us understand the importance of sowing, not just into an offering, but into our own lives. Number one, here's the first thing. And we're going to be talking a little bit about gardening today for the gardeners. And you might think, well, that's not very spiritual. Well, Jesus did it. Jesus talked about sowing. Jesus talked about gardens and vines and all these type of things so i 'm doing what jesus did number one here 's the first thing I observed, not rocket science. Number one, where you sow, the garden grows where you sow the garden grows. So what blew me away as we traveled through Israel. What blew me away is that there was no difference. As I looked stood on that mountain and looked across into Syria, the green and the dry, what, what, what blew me away is there was no difference to the land on either side. The weather conditions were the same. It wasn't raining on this side of the border and dry on that side of the border. No, it was the same land, the same weather conditions. It was the same on either side of the border, yet you walk here and it's green. You look there and it's desert. One place alive, the other place dead. The only difference visible was that Israel had sown and grown and Syria had not. Israel had sowed and cultivated seed and Jordan had not. And the lesson being that we can get from this is simple, which is, is that nothing will grow where you haven't sown. Nothing will grow where you haven't sown. In order for something to grow, you must sow it. And here's the thing in our lives, we can carry around seed, whatever, wh- whatever parts of our lives we, we, we carry around seed, but unless we sow it, you'll never grow it. Now, if you go through cupboards down underneath the house in out garage, you'll find that my wife has stored many packets of seed. Come on, somebody. She's gone to pack and save and go, oh, I think I'll grow that. But the the seed packet's still there and it could still be there in 20 years from now. I just want to say, because it will stay seed. She plants all some gardens, don't get me wrong here. But unless it's planted, it will stay seed. See, in order for seed to grow, you've got to sow. Come on, somebody. Preaching good. You've got to sow it in order to grow it. The second thing I... Observed is this, uh, how much you sow determines how much will grow. That's right. Second Corinthians, you know it well, uh, says the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You sow a little bit, you'll get a little bit. I love how the message version puts it, puts it, Second Corinthians 9, 6. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. Yeah. Come on. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want to be a lavish planter. Come on, somebody. Three of you agree with that. Thank you. In other words, what's the scripture saying? It's saying, you sow nothing, you reap nothing. You sow little, you reap a little. You sow a lot, you reap a Lot. it's not rocket science. And so the lesson being, you, you can't sow little and expect a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can't sow little. It's like that kid, he's driving home in his parents' car and the parents are like, well, I didn't really like the service today. I yet. The sound was a bit this and the sound was a bit that. And the kid in the back goes, well, what do you expect for 50 cents? Mm-hmm. Gone quiet in this Presbyterian church. A <laughs> lesson being this you can't sow a little and expect to reap lots. The third thing I observed, observe, number three, what you sow is what will grow. In other words, you can't sow tomato seed and expect an orange tree. You can't, it just doesn't doesn't happen. Why? Because that's the way God's made it. Seed reproduces after its self. It's an irrevocable principle. Genesis 1 verse 12, right back in the beginning. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed bearing plants and trees with seed bearing fruit. Their seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind. You plant tomato seed, you get tomatoes. You plant orange See, you get oranges. And can I say, this is true for any area of life. It's just crazy to think you can sow one thing and expect another thing to grow. See, bad seed don't grow good trees. Come on, somebody. It's just how it is. Bad seed don't grow good trees. Galatians 6:7, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. You try and live your life, and well, I'm gonna do whatever I want, I'm gonna live however I want and it ain't gonna get me. Listen, you sow to the flesh, you're gonna reap from it. It's just how it is. Why is everything going like why's my life? No, no, no. You sow to the flesh, you're gonna to reap to the flesh. Don't don't plant a tomato and think you're gonna get an orange. That, that's how life works. You've got to sow. People sometimes say to me, and over the years, man, I've just, my life's been like this. Listen, listen I, say, I say to them, listen, you've sowed bad seed for 20 years. Don't expect everything to just turn around overnight. Yes. Right. But I do know this, if you, if you sow good seed and you start sowing it now, and you sow good seed every day, one day becomes one week, one week becomes one month, one month becomes one year, one year becomes 20 years, and in a while your crop will, over, the good seed will overtake the bad but you got to keep sowing. What you sow is what will grow. See, see, see it goes on, to, goes on to say, whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. As you keep sowing towards the good things of God, as you keep sowing and living your life to the good things that God is asking you will reap. It's just how it is. See, the seed you sow determines the fruit that you, you will grow. It's like sometimes, I, I, I don't know why... People can't get it sometimes. I, I talk with people. Well, I don't like them. and I don't, they, they never talk with me. They ignored me in 180. And it's like they, they walk past me and I don't like that one over there. And I said, listen, listen. I, I just got to be honest. Grumpy seeds grow a grumpy tree. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Because you're standing there like, come on, who's going to talk to me? Probably no one. It's like, <laughs> you look awkward. <laughs> it's like, <sighs> It's not you guys, it was the people in the last service. I'm just telling you, it's, just, that's a, it's a tremendous problem. We're trying to work through it. Please help us. The happy seed, listen, grumpy, grumpy seed grows a, a grumpy tree. Happy seed will grow a happy tree. You can't stop expecting something different. What you sow is what will grow. Again, if you want to reap a financial harvest, what kind of seed do you need to plant? And, uh, understand that. See, people, I, I, you know, as a, as a leader, I've watched people over the years and they were like, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't, and, and, and even though the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens strength, you, no, I can't, I can't do that. And they lived their life throwing can't seeds all over the place. And, and I, I want to just say, well, well, it's just a little word, but it takes a little seed to grow a big tree. Come on, somebody. That's hard. You've got to understand just little things can make a big difference. But here's the thing. We can change. I'm Pastor Adam and I want to help you today. Which leads me to my fourth thing that I observed. Number four. In the land of Israel, this is the fourth thing I observed about sowing. Number four. Sowing wisely turns wilderness wasteland into fruitful fields. Well you gotta get this. Sowing wisely turns wilderness wasteland into fruitful fields. In other words, the soil you cultivate and irrigate will become the land you can propagate. This is what like I said, it was the same land, the same weather conditions, the same desert. Yet one was barren and one was beautiful. Israel green, Syria mean. Which tells me what? Which tells me that you can change the landscape of your life. You can change the landscape of your life. You might be in a desert place right now. You might be in a wilderness place right now. You might be in a dry place right now. You might be in a place where it's like, God, God, I'm so thirsty. My life is dry. My life is a wilderness. My life is there. But but, but I, I, I wanna tell you, you can change. I've seen it. You can change the landscape of your life. Your life might be a desert right now. It might be dry but I wanna tell you if you're ready to work, if you're ready to cultivate, if you're ready to plough, if you're ready to sow, sow, you can take the wilderness of your life, you can take the dry places of your life, and if you would cultivate them, you can turn the wilderness into a fruitful, fertile land. That can be your life. Preacher preaching good, thank you. If you're at work, I'm ready to do that. See, because if you're ready to sow into the desert places of your life, if you're ready to sow into the wilderness places of your life, if you're ready to water those things, God will help you grow. And so it became ever so clear to me that any dry place that we travelled through uh, Israel, you've got to understand it was a desert. That place is a desert. Any dry place, it became so clear, any dry place can be turned into fertile ground. And the Bible even says when the soil's right, the Bible says in Luke Chapter 8, in the parable of the sower, it says this about some of the seed that fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Now, I'd never seen it before, but the reality is that's the only seed that grew a hundredfold. That's the only seed. It was the good seed and the good soil. That's the only seed. The only place it happened was for the good soil. And you've got to understand that's where it can produce a hundredfold. And the Bible says only the good soil and the good seed can produce that yield of a hundredfold, which says to me the potential is exponential. Friend, if you, would, if you would sow, yes, you might have sowed bad stuff in your life. You might have sowed things over the time that have created a wilderness situation for you. But if you would sow into good soil, if you would sow into your life, into, into good soil, you have the potential of, of momentum. You have the potential of increase. The potential is exponential to, to, to increase your life to a hundredfold. Yeah. Good seed plus good soil equals great harvest, more than you know. And if it's true of Israel, it can be true for your life. And, you know, understanding something about Israel, while farm workers make up only 3.7% of the workforce, Israel produces over 95% of its own food requirements from a desert. From a desert. Don't say you're stuck in the desert anymore. Don't say, oh man, it's so dry here. Sow from the desert. And not only do they feed themselves, they export a huge amount of food to Europe. You've got to understand out of the desert is not just enough. There's more than enough. Right. And if it's true for Israel, it can be true for you. You can change the landscape of your life. As a man reaps what he sows, so what are you sowing? what you sow, you will reap. So we're to sow seed. We're to take the seeds that God places in our life and we are to sow that seed. And again, I just want to remind us that we're not just to be pretty flowers. We're not just to sow seed to be pretty and nice looking and, 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 and awesome. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that, but God's call to us is that we're called to plant fruit trees. Come on, somebody. We're called to be a fruitful people, not just a pretty flower. God wants fruit trees, not Christmas trees, right? Come on, somebody. Not just shiny, glistening things. We are called to produce fruit, fruit that shall remain. And so at Connect Church, as we approach the offering, I'm inviting you to sow that we might grow because this is good soil. The land is green. And what you sow, you will ultimately reap. Because it's just how God made it. And, and, and you've got to get that. Sometimes we think, oh, if I sow until that, has gone. There it is. Oh, bye. No, what you sow, you will reap. Oh, it's gone. No, what you sow, my Bible says, and I think your Bible will say it too. What you sow, you'll reap. It's just how it works. Now, it might take time. It might take a long time. See, there's a gap between seed sown and fruit grown it can take a while, it takes it takes time from seed to tree. We don't always see it, we don't always perceive it, but every now and then God lets us capture a glimpse of how it all flows together and I caught one such glimpse in Israel, if the worship team can come. I caught one such glimpse in Israel. See we joined a Group of 300 people from all over the world. We were some of the first to arrive on that morning and then 300 others came out from aeroplanes as they flew in all arriving at Tel Aviv airport from people from all over the world. And it was, was kind of cool. We were some of the first people we meet we, we went and, 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 and shook uh, hands with some Australian guys who worked in Japan. And then as I was, uh, I was talking to them, I realised they knew Michael Murphy. And then I realised that Brendan and Hasini Parada's son who had worked in Japan had worked with these people. And it's like, wow, it's a small world after all. And so we got on a bus and six buses of us, 300. We were on yellow bus. This is yellow bus here from the Mount of Olives. This is all of us. Incredible people, pastors and leaders from all over the world doing some incredible stuff. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you all the, the different people that we, we met on the bus and probably will and as, as stories unfold as I digest this more. But see, what, how many of the bus tours you go on and, and in Israel, being self-sufficient in nature, you never actually meet any local Jewish people. You might meet your bus driver, you might meet someone in a restaurant, but you never actually come into contact with the real people of Israel. But the the tour we were on was run by an organisation called FIRM, Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries. And that was one of the main focuses to make sure that we met local people. And so their goal was that we not only saw ancient stones, but that we would also see the living stones of Israel, those who were alive today and doing ministry, messianic believers who were reaching out to their community in what is a very challenging situation. But one of the biggest things that personally impacted me took place at a gala dinner where part of this tour was there was a small conference that was a part of the ten days of touring and it began with a with a gala dinner, about five hundred of us there. And this is the amazing thing again, somebody else had paid for that at a five star hotel, completely paid for. Somebody else who understood to be blessed, to be a blessing, had paid for everybody to be there. It's incredible. But as we gathered there, there was 300 from all of our six buses and another couple of hundred of Messianic Jewish believers who were running ministries and we began to, began to talk. They put us at tables, so we, we had to interact and talk about each other's, where we're from and what we're doing. And now I want you to understand as we're doing that... You, As a church, one of the things we do when you give every week, and I know many of you faithfully do, one of the things we do here at this church, have done it for a number of years now, is that 1% of everything that comes in, we sow back into Israel. 1% of everything that we uh, we, we get in, we give 1% of that, everything that comes in to Israel. And we do that because we, we feel to give the first fruits of that which comes to us. Why? Because... The Bible says this in Numbers 24 verse 9 Whoever blesses Israel will be blessed And so reading a book called The Blessed Life We felt a number of years ago to make that change And you know call it a coincidence or not But when we made that change those years ago And started doing that That's when our land deal opened up out here So it's like "Mm -hmm." Call it a coincidence But I like those kind of coincidences Come on somebody and so as we did that, and so as I'm flying over there, I said to Catherine, my PA, I said, hey, uh, uh, um, can you get me into contact with Jews for Jesus? I, I, I want their address. And she came back and said, look, I can't. I, I've got the address, but it's a PO box. I don't know how to make contact with it because they've got to keep a kind of low profile with all the stuff going on over there politically and so on. And so here we were at this gala, gala dinner. And, and, and again, why do we support Jews for Jesus? Well, simply because of this. I gave my life to Christ at a Jews for Jesus concert. The Liberated Wailing Wall, I gave my life to Christ. They came and they did this concert, played some weird music, some Jewish music, I guess it was. And that night I gave my life to Christ. And so when I I knew we had to do something in Israel, that was what, when we found out they were there, that band had come from San Francisco. But I was like, do they have anything in Israel? We found out they did and we've been supporting them ever since. And so I, when I was meeting in this gala dinner, I said to Wayne Hilsden, who's the guy who runs FIRM, Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries. And all these people are gathered. He's the one who organised it all. I was like, Wayne, this is incredible what you're doing here. Such a humble guy. Using all these missions, connecting people from all around the world. I said, look, I've got to ask you a question. Is Jews for Jesus a part of this ministry? Is Jews for Jesus a part of FIRM? He said, absolutely they are. He's like, why is that? I said, well, I... I I got saved at a Jews for Jesus concert in New Zealand many, many years ago. I was a drug addict and God changed my life around. I went up at the altar call. God turned my life around. And he said, well, the man who was leading Jews for Jesus back when you got up and made that decision is here tonight at this meeting. Yeah. See, I wanna I want, I want tell you tonight, you what you sow You'll reap. It might take a while. It might take a long time. It might take a gap. And so Wayne said, Wait here, I want to find him. And so he went away, and we were standing for like five minutes. It was like kinda awkward. I was like, maybe he's forgotten and he's just moved on to somebody else. But after five minutes he brings this guy back, this elderly gentleman, who was probably a lot younger when I received Christ. And he said, This is this is Mitch Glazier. This is the man who who Led Jews for Jesus was the director. He used to live in San Francisco. He now lives here in Israel. This is him right here. And so we, 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 we began to talk. He's like, tell me your story. And, and I began to share, well, I, I gave my heart to the Lord at a Jews for Jesus concert. And he's like, when was that? And I was like, it because I'm terrible with dates. I was like, when was it? She's like, 1984. He said, I organized two and only two. Tours of the Liberated Wailing Wall. We made an album and we thought we'll go go to us. Living in San Francisco at the time. And he, he's like, I, I, I we, we organized this tour, we went to churches, and he said, I came on the first one in 1983. I didn't come on the second one, but I know the people. I organized all the people who did. And so I know the guy. The guy who, who would have done the altar call for you was the guy who was leading Jews for Jesus in Israel as well, after me. And so this was starting to get pretty emotional. For me, he's like, I'm so glad you gave your life to Jesus in 1984. He's like, I'm so glad. And I started to tell him, tell him this is that I gave to my, my life to Christ as a drug addict. I now uh, lead a church. Anita and I just lead a, lead a church. not only a church. We went to India. We, we, we planted a church there. We have a church. We helped pioneer the universe, the nations. We helped do different things and began to explain. We now look after from, from this drug addict. I'm, I, I'm now looking after a whole movement of churches that, that's impacting the nation. And, and, and nations I like, this is what God has done. And here we are 34 years later, 34 years later. And he had organized a tour. He didn't know what the results of it are. He doesn't know how it all worked out. He, doesn't, he just knew that he had an album and he wanted to go and travel around. And he brought the Liberated Wailing Wall and they played a little gig at Kapiti Christian Centre and somebody gave an altar call. And I was in that altar call. I stood up and received Christ. They moved on. God changed my life. And 34 years later, here am I, now sowing from our church into their ministry that can change and shift our life. Come on. You always reap what you sow. Or You might have given and sowed things and it's like, God, where is it? You might have gone, man, I just feel like I've sown into the wilderness. It's just gone. But I want to tell you, you will always reap what you sow. That's why you should never give up. That's why you should never, never give up. Galatians 6, 9, when it's talking about a man shall reap what he sows, it continues on to go go on and say, and let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary of doing good. Why? Because in due season, it might be 34 years. I don't know. But in due season we will reap. If we do not give up, tap your neighbor and say, "Don't give up." Turn to the person on the other side that you weren't sure about and say, "No, you, you, even you, don't, don't give up." We once to sow, because remember, where you sow, the garden grows. How much you sow determines how much will grow. And what you sow is what will grow. And if you sow wisely, if you sowing wisely, turns wilderness wasteland into fruitful fields if you don't give up. Amen. Does that encourage you today? As we prepare our hearts for our offering in a few weeks' time. I just want you to bow your heads for a moment and I want to finish up by making sure I throw out the seed of the gospel just as they threw it out for me at that meeting 34 years ago maybe you're here today and you know you need to get right with God maybe even as I've been speaking you're going well I'm just like him, I'm at that place where I'm lost maybe, maybe you're in that wilderness place maybe you're in that desert, maybe you're in that dry place, maybe, maybe you've never given your life to Christ and today you're going man I need to respond to this I don't understand it all, just like I didn't understand it all. But you do know that you need to respond. You might be here and going, well, I've just got to sort my life out. My friend, let me tell you. Oh, but pastor, my life's a mess. I I was like, that's why you need Jesus. See, the gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good God is. We can't do it. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the gift of God, it's a gift, is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Would you receive Him today? Would you give your life to Him today? Oh, there's somebody here. I know it. And you know you need to. You know you need to even respond right now. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And that prayer is one of just saying, Lord, will you come into my life? Will you come and be the Lord of my life? Would you come and lead and direct my life? I've tried to do it my own way, but I now invite you to do it your way and so in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer and if you're saying pastor would you include me in that prayer wherever you're sitting right now every head bowed and every eye closed it's a moment between you and God don't worry about what other people are thinking this is between you and God if you're here today and you know pastor I need to get right with God would you put your hand up wherever you are right now just right up in the air come on somebody Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? You know that you know that you know. You need to respond right now. Do not delay. This could be the day of your salvation. Do not delay. You, you know you need to respond. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hand nice and high. Thank you. Anybody else? You know you need to respond. Come on, give your life to Christ today. Don't delay it. Don't waste your time. You know you need to do it. Give your life to Christ. Come on, who else? Somebody else. Would you respond today? Hallelujah. All right, for those who put their hands up, let us all pray this prayer together. Everyone in the room, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in desperate need of a Saviour. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart today to forgive me of my sin. I turn from my wicked ways and seek to follow you Be not just my Saviour, but be my Lord from this day forth. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.